What is up, podcast world? They said it couldn't be done. They said they wouldn't be back for season two. But here we are, folks. Varsity Views season two is here. Now, after a massively successful, both critically and financially, season one, we are back with season two of Varsity Views. We are better than ever, and we are excited to give the people what they want. As a quick reminder, Varsity Views is the podcast where we are doing an unnecessarily critical and overly deep dive into the world of classic sports films. You've been asking for it. We are finally delivering it to kick off season two. We have a very special trilogy for y'all. No, not Lord of the Rings. No, not the Star Wars prequels. We are talking about the Mighty Ducks. I am joined by my two co-hosts. For the afternoon, first Mike Gassett, welcome back, my friend. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Happy to have this podcast back by popular demand. The fans were clamoring for it, and due to this self-quarantine, we're, we're back. Absolutely. And new podcast host for the afternoon, probably a one and done, Mr. Uasis Prince Skitchkiavich, you know him as the Vanilla Gorilla, you know him as Roosevelt Jones, Uasis, how do you feel to be here? Good, I'm really excited to do the uh, Friday Night Lights podcast right now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> God, yeah, this is tough. Yozas apparently was uh, in the running to be on the Friday Night Lights pod, but we decided to go with someone who'd actually played football before in his life, so uh, we passed him on that. Um, and Clearly, he doesn't listen to the podcast till now. Be part of <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know he'd missed the taping of that one, which is, which shows uh, he wasn't one of our thirty uh, regular listeners. <laughs> Guys, to go over some stats from season one, as I said, we averaged over thirty listeners per podcast, and uh, through advertisements, uh, we had numerous sponsors reach out to us, uh, mostly Anchor the. Uh, company that our podcast is produced through, which is the default sponsor, we were able to accrue a total of $2.39 in sponsorship uh, revenue. So that will be distributed, not equally, but will be distributed in some way. Um, But getting right down to brass tacks, we're back for season two. We're going to have a lot of awesome episodes coming in. And as I said, we're going to start with the trilogy, Mighty Ducks. Uh, Today, we're starting with D1, the original Before we hop into this film, we will, as always, give a real brief uh, plot synopsis and go over a few uh, factoids from the film. So, The Mighty Ducks, released in 1992. Uh, it had a budget of $10 million, and it grossed a hefty $50 million. Nice return on investment there. The one-sentence plot synopsis, a self-centered Minnesota lawyer is sentenced to community service coaching a ragtag youth hockey team. All right, let's toss it around the horn here, go over uh, some of our initial thoughts of this film. I know talking off camera, both of you had mentioned it had been a while since you'd viewed this film. Uh, let's start with the newbie, Uasis. Initial takeaways uh, upon your first rewatch of The Mighty Ducks. So this is my first time watching it 
probably in 15 years. I watched it last night. And oh, you were going to say ever. <laughs> well, I thought we were watching Friday Night Lights. Well, I can't believe Saracen completed that touchdown in uh, right. season two. You, uh, that's that's uh, two. You get three. Tom, mute mute his mic. Mute his mic. <laughs> uh, it's just it's crazy how how young these kids are pretty much like it. Like, I think I watched it for the first time 15, maybe 17 years ago or whatever. And it's crazy, like watching it back. The quality is is not super great of the acting, like the whatever. But it's like uh, that sweet spot with Sandlot, uh, Little Giants, uh, all those kind of movies that it kind of takes you back to your uh, childhood a little bit. Yeah, it definitely works off that trope that was very popular in the in the early to mid '90s of, as you said, Little Giants, Sandlot. They all have a very similar vibe in terms of like, hey, we're getting the crew together. The crew yeah. being a group of ragtag uh, youths playing a sport. Um, yeah, very, very much so had some of those vibes. Mikey, initial thoughts on your most recent rewatch of Ducks? Uh, yeah, similar to yours. I was first time watching it in a very, very long time. Um, and and I gotta say, you take away the nostalgia, and this movie is straight trash. Like it's, <laughs> it it was it was a tough rewatch because like I I always say like I love this movie like growing up with it, and it's uh really just not that good. It's it's I don't know if that's a hot take, but Mighty Ducks one not a great film. I'll say that as I was going through the categories, so one you know one of the first categories is favorite best scene I, I legitimately struggled with like finding a scene that i could actually classify as the best scene so that should kind of tell you something um i've definitely seen the original mighty ducks like by far the least of the trilogy and it's also by far my least favorite in the trilogy i, I know some people might uh have differing views from that but yeah, this one, I mean, upon the most recent rewatch, I confirmed my my beliefs that this was by far my least favorite. I mean, just in in large part, to Oasis's point, we've got a lot of the very, you know, juvenile, uh, juvenile humor and, and different scenes as, as in Sandlot, as in Little Giants. So, you know, some of it's just you, you've kind of grown past that, but there are some scenes that are tough as yeah, a whole. I mean, one thing I'll say is uh, Sandlot's a movie that I rewatch often. Sandlot compared to this, they're the same trope. Sandlot's significantly better. So I'd be very interested to see like Little Giants again. Because Little Giants, I equated all of them growing up the same. Like Sandlot, Little Giants, all those were awesome. And now I'm just like, uh, Mighty Ducks, not as awesome. Sandlot's still awesome. I, I, I do what agree. Little Giants is. I do agree that Sandlot definitely holds up better and I can still like enjoy watching that one now. Definitely more than this one. Um, I've always seen little to our Sandlot pod, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you asked us, we also filmed uh, the Sandlot. <laughs> You're probably not aware of that either. Um, let, let's hop into some of the scenes here, especially like to start the movie. Um, right away we get hit with the Bombay as a child failing uh, in the, in the, championship peewee game which how many times do we need to see that i'm pretty sure they show it to us like three times throughout the course of the film and it's like really a central part uh let's just start here like what's going on with what's going on with this whole scenario that there's such a huge emphasis put on peewee hockey to where like this guy Pretty much the film is framed up that like essentially his life, I wouldn't say ruined, but was like pretty 
legitimately devastated by uh, losing like a peewee hockey game. Uh, what are you guys thoughts on, on sort of that as the catalyst for like the plot of this film? I, I was definitely trying to kind of figure that out as well, kind of throughout the whole movie of like how that entire like town was basically like based around like peewee hockey. Um, like, are we supposed to believe that that's this, that coach who does that? Is this like his full-time job? Is this his <laughs> career? Because, you know, we see Bombay later come back and that man is still there coaching the same team. You know, uh, they they really made it seem like that was just like an absolute way of life. Uh, uh, apologies for that, folks. Uh, our guest podcaster will be getting tested for coronavirus the next day. It's usually a best practice to uh, try to cough not directly into your uh, into your microphone there, but did you lean into it? Um, wow. Also, uh, yeah. Shout out to Coach Coach Riley for uh, just a Clooney esque aging process. You know, we see him at the start of the film as Bombay's. You know, Bombay's like twelve, and and then we see him later as Bombay's a full grown adult male so at least like 20 years later and riley you know hasn't aged a day uh so good for him there um yeah okay do we know so here i I think help me break this down at first i was like what the heck like what are the actual stakes that they're playing for and the two big questions i had is like how big is this actual league that they're in slash the tournament that they're winning and then what age are they supposed to be and i think i have the answer to both so but you is, get, go ahead. This is one of my this is one of my plot holes. Is it seems like they win they win state, but there's like ten teams total, and one team was a lost season because they had the measles or whatever. So it's just <laughs> like it's like now there's nine teams, and it's like seems like such a big deal, and it seems like his life, everything he's done is because of that like miss when he was like nine years old, and it's it seems like it's just like well you have a one in nine chance, like it doesn't seem that hard, I guess. I don't know. No, right. I it clearly th- is like almost like just like a um, state kind of like in housing. But then it also seems like they're trying to make it seem like it's a huge feeder into the NHL. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely statewide. At some point, they mentioned that, like, it is the state tournament. But to you, Asis's point. OK, so there's 10. They're, they're, they only break the entire state up into 10 divisions. And then. Um, which also, like Minnesota's huge. Like, like how could you just like peewee hockey isn't just like in one central area like that. It's crazy. Minnesota's huge. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, <clears throat> it's a little bit unrealistic there, but then secondly, okay. So the, I, I was always trying to figure out what age they were. I think from the context clues, they, I believe they have to be in sixth grade because at one point they're talking about Fulton and they're like, Oh, he's good, blah, blah, blah. He's in our class. And then they're like, but he might have to repeat sixth grade. So it would then stand to reason that they're all in sixth grade. Does that seem to track? How old is sixth how old is sixth grade? Uh what would that be? Like that would be like twelve, be like right? Eleven, right? 11, yeah, like 12. eleven, twelve. I always assumed they were like ten to twelve. Just yeah. kind of how okay. they look. Yeah, we'll go with that. But uh along with like the ridiculousness put around the emphasis on that, also like the amount of uh, city, state, like national press that goes into this league is absurd. Uh, number one, they're like 
you know, we're, we're made to believe that each of these peewee games is like covered by radio broadcast. And then as the ducks start like making their run, like there's a, there's a publication that flashes <laughs> up that says, uh, America's number one hockey publication. And the front page news is that the ducks won a hockey game. <laughs> no, the first <laughs> one's that they tied. It's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're led to believe that a Minnesota district peewee hockey team is making front page news in the top national hockey publication. Yeah. We're supposed to assume Hans has some pull at the uh, publication. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Um, let's get into the uh, the reason for Bombay becoming the coach of the Ducks, of course. Uh, we, we start the film by seeing his short-lived uh, legal career. So we see him win a trial, which was just absurd in nature and like really, really insulting to the entire legal profession, what they put on film there, um, comes back to his law firm, celebrates his victory, and I guess does so by just getting blitzed and then just peeling out his his car down a snow laden Minnesota street to which he's immediately pulled over. And he like seems like flabbergasted that this would happen. Um, gets it, gets a Dewey <laughs> and, and his punishment is community service of coaching this hockey team. So first of all, are we okay with, uh, how Disney chose to, uh, handle a DUI and then with his punishment being, uh, needing to be around kids after clearly having an alcohol problem? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You get a DUI at your first one. They immediately send you to just hang around with, uh, unsupervised children with a driver who's most definitely a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure in the credits that he's unnamed pedophile is that guy's <laughs> is that guy's calling card. I did a little deep dive on that guy. I want to save him oh. for uh <laughs> skewed perform like uh, the Buddy Garrity award, but I did a little deep dive on that actor. He's got oh some my. he's got some interesting roles. I mean, if he actually was on IMDb, that in itself is mildly <laughs> impressive. Trust me, um, there's, there's a, it's a. It was actually uh, on America's Most Wanted <laughs> website. He's on a, a very famous TV show that you guys enjoy, as well as uh, shout out competitor rewatchables. He's on a famous uh, rewatchables uh, episode. Interesting. Clearly, Bombay's uh, decision making, you know, improves vastly in between uh, the first and second scene in which he uh, drives his limo. Uh, instructs a driver to drive it on a frozen lake and uh, very quickly Dude, he knows he knows the ice he just knows <laughs> i mean i'm looking for an interesting alternate reality in which uh, just the limo goes through the ice and just bombay along with 12 youths are just killed in a tragic accident uh pretty pretty ballsy move by bombay there I mean, especially as the kids just like rock the car <laughs> back and forth on um, like the eyes. I was definitely waiting for the crack to happen. I mean, it was one of my favorite scenes is like it's very 90s, but it's like very Gordon Gecko. He gets in a limo, has coffee. and He's like, yes, buy all the stocks or whatever. Like when he's just like uh, on the phone with whatever lawyer, like, no, Jerry's on this. Get him off of it or whatever. Yeah. Also very 90s-ish. In the first scene where we meet the initial, you know, we meet a few of the players on the Ducks. We, I, I know Mikey wanted to talk about this, but we we get the, you know, the hilarious uh, poop, poop <laughs> dollar uh, 
gag followed by them getting chased with the old uh, quick motion <laughs> video effects to the funny music. Uh, a, a very 90s trope there. Uh, and and also in that limo scene, then we get the spit take when, uh, I don't know, I think it's like the secretary is saying like Jane will be hiring or handling your clients and Bombay is the actual spit take, which like I don't think anyone's ever done that in real life. But uh, yeah, I, I would. <laughs> We got to do we know who wrote this movie? Like, I would not be surprised if this was literally written by someone less than 12 years old. Like every <laughs> joke, like just seems like it was written by like a kid of like, all right, we got to toss a spit take in or, you know, like, how do we make this uh, running away fun? No, it's just the, put it in uh, fast motion. The, the, the guy who took the poop dollar, he fell on a board just like right on his nuts or whatever. <laughs> like that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there again. I mean, that's literally my vote for best scene of the film. <laughs> uh, the the humor is like very, very juvenile and very, very, uh, you know, they're going for the cheap laughs here. Uh, and most times they didn't get one, at least not I mean, for me. But is that also like, I mean, are we supposed to believe that Charlie stole his mom's purse to fill with feces? <laughs> no, they, just no, like they pull that joke. Like, <laughs> no, they found they were dumpster diving for a purse. Oh. Dude, so How the writer, the writer, <laughs> hold on. So the writer of this movie has also written Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Heavyweights, <laughs> and uh, The Wedding Wait, Scene. Wait, Adam Sandler wrote this? <laughs> no, Sandler didn't write Little Nicky. All right. That actually is honestly like somewhat believable, though. So I want to go over the, the nicknames that some of the different players get in this film. I know a bunch more will come along uh, in the later films but so far in this one we get connie referred to as the velvet hammer which that's by far my favorite uh the other two i picked up on you guys can add more is <laughs> conway is referred to as spazway uh and goldberg <laughs> is referred to by uh bombay as cream cheese boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a good one um i mean i don't know if this is necessarily the nickname or <laughs> i mean this will come up later in the you know, politically incorrect or whatever our category is called. But I mean, there was, can we, we need to talk about the fact that Bombay refers to his offensive line as the Oreo line <laughs> as it's two African-American children with a white guy in the middle. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you'd brought that up to me. And uh, at first it was a player on the other team, like said, and I thought like, wow, that's just like a really out of line uh, insult, especially since like most of the insults are along the lines of like wuss breath or like, or uh, like cake eater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, but yeah, so the Oreo lineup was a little bit, uh, off color if you will, but then to hear Bombay <laughs> use it was, uh, pretty shocking, uh, in the 2020 culture. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know where else we can go with that. I, mean, one, I don't really. know if there's anything that can be said. It's just, I just thought it had to be brought up. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hop into some of these categories. Um, we have a few new category names, a few different <laughs> categories for season two here. But as always, because this podcast is Varsity Views, because we are delving into sports films, the first category we always like to hit on is grading the sports scenes. So we do a little bit of a critique of these sports films in terms of the sport that they represent. Uh, Mighty Ducks, again, rewatching this movie, uh, it's almost more of like a kid's comedy with sports elements to it. So, like, I don't think they were 
out to make this the most realistic slash accurate sports film. But with that being said, what notes or thoughts did you have on the hockey specific uh, to this film? I can go. Uh, so I wanted to highlight three Fulton Reed scenes with uh, the killer slap shot. But uh, so there's three different ones. He scored that goal where everyone seemed to duck out of the way. And it was probably one of the worst filmmaking <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. So I would say like uh, probably an F minus there. The, uh, the other shot that he shoots the puck, hits the goalie, and the goalie flies into the <laughs> boards. Probably an F minus. Don't think that's allowed. And then my all-time favorite is when he shoots the slap shot in the alley into a suitcase, and then it just shuts the suitcase shut. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, how about him shooting a slap shot with the force of a freaking gun bullet that hits the van and makes yeah. Bombay and his driver think they're I under mean, doesn't attack. it also at one point go through the net? Yeah. 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 I think uh, the flying V is absolutely iconic. Like, that's the one the one takeaway. Like, I don't think it's, in terms of sports, like, I don't think it's, like, hockey teams aren't doing this, but it is very iconic. So I will give them that. Yeah, that's a... Uh... The, the Flying V is definitely iconic. I have a little bit of a follow-up to the Flying V, which we'll hit on in the post-game presser. The, the, one of the scenes that really jumped out to me of being a little unrealistic is when they have the girl who was mostly a figure skater <laughs> just go into, um, like, I, I'm not familiar with that. Well, I forget what that term's called, but basically pure, doing, like, that wet. huge. Yeah, and she's just literally just slashing her stick at people, like, right by the goal. <laughs> to clear it out and then they just switch like you know get an easy shot again not a hockey expert but i'm fairly certain you can't just wildly swing your stick at people to get them to move and then take a shot <laughs> uh yeah it was a yes that was an interesting play i don't know if that was more of like a distraction or she was actually like i mean if she did hit anyone with that stick that was going to be a pretty serious injury i mean i gotta think that's high high sticking right hooking or so, uh, numerous penalties i would think yeah it's probably a high stick in there uh for me can can we just address um that you know this is this is something we see far too often in these sports films the the classic plot development of awful team terrible like just can't function in any way coach comes in gets them new uniforms they have ah practice and then suddenly they're like now competing for the championship like j just once i'd love to see in one of these movies you know, some actual development of a team from being absolutely terrible to a title contender as opposed to like one practice and then they come together as an unstoppable team. Uh, you know, very similar to like kind of what we saw in hardball, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, like, could we see like more than one practice to make this like an effective hockey team? Well, the other thing, too, is there's like a drastic turnaround between like the Ducks starting off as like a horrible team and then becoming amazing. And like these other teams starting off as like amazing and then kind of becoming terrible. Like there's like the one scene where the one kid who's going to hit the slap shot basically like is winds up with a shot and everyone just dives out of the way out of like just fear to it. And that was a very Ducks-esque move, I thought, that just I was like, wait, this team was just like amazing yesterday. What happened? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, what else? I, I will say I'll give it credit on the plus side. Um, some of the hockey scenes were like very uh, 
comical and, and sort of like cartoonish as you mentioned like mikey the diving out of the way you is like anytime fulton shot it was very you know like a little bit much uh i will say some of the hockey scenes were actually like pretty good it, especially i'm mostly pointing to like the championship game like uh, that was actually fairly entertaining and it was like pretty decent quality in terms of like peewee hockey i felt um so you know it, it had its moments but it also had for every like scene of like good hockey it had a scene where it was like laughably bad i kind of like those like practice scenes like i would like to see more of those where it's like you know like uh passing an egg or whatever like i don't know if that's like real I don't, i'm not i don't know hockey enough but like that seems cool to see that stuff at least like like i get that they're becoming better but like i'm with mike on like now they're awesome like after one of 40 45 minutes of that but that yeah, i thought what, that yeah, was kind of what cool. do we see we see them kind of hit the egg around a little bit and then we see them go rollerblading through the mall and then they're <laughs> then they're basically champions well then they also uh pretty much like string up goldberg and just uh, pelt him <laughs> with pucks Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good coaching. You know, he had that coming. And I, well, I, now that I brought up the mall uh, roller skating, I, I think we should also this this hockey season is going to be questionable as the one kid's going to go to jail for assaulting that old woman as he, he just spears her into the fountain at the mall um, and then just rides away like the cops are definitely looking for him. <laughs> I mean, she also looked like she was carrying about $2,000 worth of like designer uh, goods that she just purchased in the mall. So uh, I very much enjoyed that scene. The only other note I have on the on the sports scenes is the the actual like lighting of the arena that they play in. Um, I'm assuming this was more like a cinematic choice, but. The fact that like it was pretty dark in there and then there were sort of just like almost like pockets of light on the ice, uh, it kind of had a cool effect. Like it it made it sort of uh, seem more intense, I guess, like as you're watching it. But in terms of like actually playing a hockey game like that, probably make it kind of hard to do. It's almost like they were like in shadow most of the time and then there were just like bright spots shining onto the ice that, you know, again, that can't be like ideal to play in but whatever did you guys notice that at all i noticed it with the Gordon yeah that was Bombay great too when to, bombay oh, misses that shot at the child <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, go ahead um, uh, go ahead i was saying the same thing like the gordon bombay like dream sequence like the filming <laughs> and the lighting for that just like just it's weird like when that's like the first scene you're just like what am i watching like what what's going on and and you kind of realize it but like if you're watching this as a 15 year old or like a 10 year old like that definitely is not you're not understanding this is like a dreamlike sequence kind of like in a memory, but it's, it, that one's well, weird. I love that too. Cause like Bombay misses the shot. He's just like crumpled to the floor, just like devastated. And the guy who's working the lights at this, uh, you know, convention center just shines the spotlight on him to just like <laughs> really just isolate this kid in the worst moment of his life. Yeah, it's definitely a very stylized. I mean, the the Bombay dream sequence is like over stylized, but like even just the normal hockey games, it's kind of like a similar effect. But um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think we've exhausted that enough. Let's let's transition to category two, which is somewhat related. Which is we're we're hitting the coaches challenge. Uh, here's where we're going over some unrealistic moments, plot holes, questions with the script. 
I know we've hit on this briefly, uh, or we've hit on a couple of these, but was there anything egregious that stood out uh, to you guys? It was kind of the, what we talked about in the beginning, that there's like nine teams. One team has the measles, and so there's like <laughs> eight teams competing for a state or whatever. And it's just kind of like, it seems like it's such a big deal. And it's just like, for us as third-party viewers, you're just like, eh, I don't really see it, kind of, like... It's like it just seems like that was like the absolute climax of Bombay's life is missing that shot as a nine year old. And it's like his whole life changed from that. It's just like I, I assume high school hockey would be bigger or like college hockey would be bigger. For well, that yeah, state, at least. Well, and then also when they when they go to the professional hockey game and like the two guys on the stars who I think used to be like the Minneapolis team. Are like, oh, Gordon Bombay, I remember you really killed it in Pee Wee, dude. I remember you. It's like, why would would a guy really remember a kid because he was good at in Pee Wee? I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, also, no- this is one of my plot holes, too, is like, after he missed that shot, did Bombay just hang it up? Like, did he just hang up the skates after that? That's like <laughs> kind of what it seems like. Like, like he's just like, oh, I don't want to do high school hockey. I don't want to do college hockey. Like, I'm good. Well, then, if you recall his as he's talking to Hans, he basically says like his dad died, like immediately following that shot. And he related the two. So yes, I think he hung up the skates forever. Uh, here, here was my big plot hole. Um, so the team when when, when Bombay like brings Banksy on the team and then the kids like overhear him, like calling them losers, the team basically like quits on him and they forfeit that game. Then from there, the catalyst that brings the team back together is they're all in class together and they get in a fight. And then in the course of them just being in a fight, the principal runs in and then suddenly they all like for some reason are united and start quacking at the principal. Like what like what happens there in that like 10 seconds of them just punching each other that suddenly now they like come together as a squad? Like it made no sense that they made up in that instant and then we're like yeah like okay we're the ducks let's go that's my favorite scene in the entire movie is when they're in that room and they're all just writing very simpsons-esque but like i will not quack at the principal or whatever like that's my favorite scene in the entire movie i I think that it's actually kind of funny and it's like i think they're kind of laughing at it at themselves the movie is at least but that's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie I mean, I mean, the first, I mean, okay, for uh, for that to be your favorite scene is that's a, another discussion. But I don't know if that answers the question though of like what what makes that what makes them come together as a team. Mikey, any thoughts? The only thought that I can make is they went back to Bombay's pretty irrational reasoning for naming the team the Ducks, where he kind of says like nobody fights a duck because like they know if they fight one, they get attacked by the whole flock <laughs> and maybe the, the principal coming in and trying to like break up. And I think she like points to one of them and she's like, you sit down. Maybe they're like, Hey, you're messing with one of us. You're messing with all of us. Cause that's why nobody fights a duck. Uh, that's actually a pretty good take. Um, thank you. Yeah. you. All right. I'll accept it. Proud uh, of myself as I just thought of that. My my only other small one is uh, what happens to Carp in one of the games where uh, he's on defense and he, for some reason, falls to his knees, takes a puck off the helmet, and instantly is, uh, you know, we get, like, the nice Tweety Bird sound effect and he's seeing stars. 
clearly in concussion protocol and he essentially just gets like dragged off the ice and uh, no medical the, the way injuries are handled in this movie let's just say are questionable there's no medical attention given to him and he's just like sat on the bench where his like limp body slumps like banks is literally unconscious for like 15 <laughs> seconds before they even stop play <laughs> well yeah also i didn't realize that until the most recent rewatch like he legitimately like gets paralyzed <laughs> in this film well yeah they and, put him literally in a full like stretcher and like yeah i mean <laughs> but, but the gameplay continues for like an absurd amount of time before the ref like blows a whistle or does anything and they're like oh wait this guy's really hurt call the paramedics <laughs> oh and, and uh riley just throws like a fist pump pretty much just like at a boy mcgill like two minutes cross-checking like worth it no, I, well, I, that, I, that also led to the best line of the movie where the kid just looks up at the other kid. He's like, yo, man, what'd you do? And then the kid's just like, my job. And that was, skates away. That was my favorite just, like, performed like attempted homicide. That was tough. I did notice the uh, fist pump in the later watchings, which was pretty absurd. Because it, it's like not even like when the hit's made. It's literally as he's getting wheeled off the ice. It's like when he like <laughs> chooses to do that, which is especially given the fact that him and Banksy's dad are supposed to be like good buddies is pretty egregious. <laughs> um, Banksy's dad is still wearing the, uh, the opposing team jacket, even yeah. though his son is now on the ducks. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, all right, let's hop into best quote, best scene here. Uh, we'll try to be brief with this one. As always, we're, uh, we're running real short on this pod. Uh, but again, um, I actually really had trouble with this. Uh, I couldn't like find a single scene that like really stood out to me. I ended up going with like the immediate lead up to the championship game, which like wasn't even that great. It was kind of just like the national anthem playing, like the two teams giving each other like the stare down, shit talking, uh, going all the way into the face off. Uh, again, it it wasn't even that great. And I'm not saying that like there was nothing good in this movie. There was just like not really too many scenes that like stood out to me as like, oh, that was just like an awesome scene there. So again, very much a cop out, but that was mine. Uh, I don't know if either of you had like better ones or ones that stuck out more to you. I liked uh, the other one I liked is the uh, Marky Mark good vibrations where they first get the gear or whatever. It's like very like nineties sports movie trope where it's kind of where they first start like, Oh, well now they're not like down in the dumps kind of. So it's like, it's kind of a feel good one. And it, it, it's kind of funny, but like, it's, it's not a great scene, but it's probably of that one. It's, it's like fun. It's like very like little kid growing up, like, Oh, New Jersey's like blah, blah, blah. So uh, I like that. Uh, Plus, uh, I agree with you. that. I enjoy a good shopping montage. And yeah. I also enjoy the Marky seeing Mark. Han just gouge Bombay, going from $60 on the cash <laughs> register to one extra purchase, then going to like 7000 Yeah. Well, two, two notes on that. Uh, number one, uh, Bombay requesting a $15,000 <laughs> sponsorship from Mr. Ducksworth. Uh, I went and... I went and did for inflation. That's about $30,000 in today's money. Uh, do you really need 30 grand to equip a peewee hockey team? Like that's a pretty, pretty hefty sum there. Uh, so good for him. And yeah, of course that pretty much kept Hans's hockey shop afloat for probably the next year. Um, also, Yozas, I'm a little surprised your favorite scene wasn't uh, Winchell and the boys taking the field for the state championship. <laughs> 
What do you mean? It's definitely when Saracen uh, closes his eyes and throws that touchdown. <laughs> All right. So, okay. I mean, so to clarify, the podcast we did was Friday Night Lights, the movie. So, again, oh. depending on. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Are you serious? Oh, thank God I wasn't invited for that one. I, I, okay. The whole point of this podcast is to talk about movies. Oh, I would like to do the the show. We may we may do yeah, a we'll, couple special we'll call episodes. You. We'll call you for yeah. sure. Yeah, we'll call you. <laughs> Let's move along to a newly renamed category. This is the honorary uh, Cam Newton chuckling at a female reporter who's asking him a football question. Uh, award for culture, culture, culturally insensitive or uh, racist plot moments. Um, we actually had more. I mean, I had a lot of nominees in this category. Um, but Mike, before we, we it, get into the racially insensitive things, can we? I, I'd actually like to give uh, props to Mighty Ducks for being a little bit ahead of the t- curve on uh, gender equality. At one <laughs> point, when Bombay goes in, he goes, "Hey guys," and the girl goes, uh, "Guys, uh, uh, people," and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." And I was like, "Yeah, there you go." It's actually uh, opening up to gender fluidity very early on for the ducks yeah that was uh, actually a fairly woke moment uh what we else could do also we talk about bombay's gender i mean i don't know if this would be like inequality or whatever but we talked about it tommy via text of when they're talking about his law career and she's like and he's like oh i've never lost a case and the one woman goes well you've lost one and he basically goes like well i don't consider that a loss because I scored with the stenographer. <laughs> so he's basically saying that he doesn't consider that case a loss because he just banged a unemployee of the state. Thanks for thanks for uh, reading between the lines there on that one for us. Um, we we already talked about the fact the way Disney chose to handle the DUI situation. Um, there were a couple overly sexualized jokes, especially for a kids' film. Uh, I know at one point the like teacher like says like something about blue balls and like the whole class snickers. Uh, they also like had a yeah. There's a couple of those, but uh, the one that takes the cake for me is Gordon's uh, reunion with um, Hans. He walks in the door. Hans hits him with a Gordon, and Bombay comes back with "How did you know?" And then Hans says, and I quote, "Through the back door this time of night, <laughs> it could only be you." <laughs> so uh, you know <laughs> are you are you insinuating that Bombay <laughs> was molested by us? I I think I'm insinuating the exact opposite. <laughs> well, I mean I guess this uh, is a pretty dark, but, you know, reasoning behind why Bombay decided to hang up his skates. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to some of the superlatives. Um, one of the changes for season two, we're combining man of the match and MVP. So before we had those as two separate categories, one for in-game performance, one for just overall movie performance. You can still choose one or the other, but we're just going to combine the two. Uh, as always, we'll start with the positive note with uh, man of the match slash MVP. So, I mean, I would say I would say Banks. He says like five lines and he scores like thirty goals. And basically, since he joined the team, <laughs> he gets they, paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he scored on that goal. I don't know. Like, I think the easy one would be like Bombay, but 
I don't know. He has a couple of cringeworthy moments too. So I don't know. I don't think he's consistently good throughout. Yeah. I struggled with this one a bit too. Banks is it Banks is an easy one. Uh, I ended up going with my boy Fulton Reed. Um, quick case for him. I'll go over his stats. Uh, he initially beats up three Hawks, uh, simultaneously, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, but on the ice, he, you know, he really brings the team together. Once he joins the team, he's a bit of a catalyst. He hits the goal that sends them to the playoffs. Uh, again, questionable, but he hits that goal. He scores the goal in the championship. That's a pretty, pretty big momentum turner. Again, as we mentioned, that's the one where he physically shoots the goalie into the net, uh, which is impressive in its own right. But um, they don't overtly state this, but I mean, he kind of appears to be like homeless in the film. So really, uh, you know, rags to riches story for Fulton Reed. I mean, he's either homeless or doesn't have too much of a great uh, family life going, but he's my man of the match. I'll give it to him. Also, if he's, I mean, they, they say like, oh, he hits one out of five shots. I mean, that's a, I think that's a pretty good percentage for hockey. I mean, I don't know why they're not just letting him just fire off shots and just work the numbers if he's hitting one for five. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Uh, those are those are some good contenders. How about daily dud slash LVP? So we're looking for either the worst performance, worst athlete, or someone you just hated in this film. Um, go ahead, Yozas. I mean, I think the easy answer is Riley because he's, I guess, kind of the villain. But uh, uh, I really didn't like Averman. Like, he just, he, I don't know, he's just not funny. And they're, he's clearly trying really hard to be, like, the funny kind of whip-smart kid or whatever. But, like, he just comes off as annoying the entire time to me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we all pretty much hold that sentiment. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty annoying just in general. Um, Mikey? Well, I'll, I'll agree with Averman. Um, and just to throw another one out there, now that we've uncovered some of the things that we have in this pod. I think we'll have to toss Hans in the mix for. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel bad about what I, (laughs) I mean, Hans is like my favorite character by far. Uh, And especially one of the best character arcs going from Hans to like in D2, just, you know, clearly they like didn't pay that guy for the second movie. So they like just like lost him and then brought back his like, brother Franz and then for D3 (laughs) brought back Hans to kill him off, you know, but, um, I'm surprised nobody shared this sentiment. Uh, my LVP, I'm going with Goldberg. Um, I mean, number one, he's a pretty objectively awful goalie. Like the majority of the goals scored against the ducks come because Goldberg essentially dives out of the way of the net. Uh, like every single scene where a team scores, he's like just like falling over and pretty much just leaves an unprotected net. Um, so he, he really sucks at goalie. And he's also, uh, I mean, I don't really, his jokes are not really my, my cup of tea either. So I had to give him the LVP and I gave a runner up to fucking carp. I hate carp and I'm glad he (laughs) got tossed. For the uh, at some goals. point, though, you've got to question the coaching of why does Bombay continue to put Goldberg in goal when he said repeatedly that he's not good at it, he does not like it. Yeah, that's actually a very fair point as well. 
Um, all right. Didn't he say in the beginning too that he was like moving in like a month or something? He's like, you got a goalie for now, but I'm late. And then like that plot just kind of went away. Well, no, his family moved. They just left him. <laughs> He's hitting the streets with that other kid. Um, we are back, folks. Let's dive into the sixth man award. This award goes out to a character that came in hot later in the movie or possibly not a main person. Uh, who did you have for your sixth man award, Mikey? Um, well, if we're talking pe- person coming in late, um, making the biggest play, I, I think you got to go Banks. He literally almost by definition is that character. Um, he, he's not in for a long time with the Ducks, but he makes his presence felt. He you know, wins over that other kid who just for whatever reason hates him and keeps calling him the cake eater. And uh, yeah, you got to go Banks. Uh, I will give a factoid. I, in some internet research, uh, I found the origin of cake eater. So supposedly that's actually a uh, well-known term in uh, the Minnesota region. Uh, and it's basically like a reference to like a rich, like hoity kid. And it's basically like a, you know, oh, they can have their cake and eat it too. Uh, so I guess that's like an actual real thing is like people do call each other cake eater up in those parts of the world, at least. Nice. I love it. I'm going to start using that all the time. Yeah. Cake eater is by far the best diss used in this film, especially like given some of the disses are like wuss breath or like, you know, just like really bad. We, we all know Oreo line is still (laughs) the best diss of this movie. (laughs) Uh, Yozas, who was your sixth man? Yeah. The limo driver. Oh yeah. So, we see him like in like five scenes. Uh, one, he's the guy that drives the uh, the limo onto the ice. We see him celebrating as an assistant coach for most of the movie, like he's the only one out there. And then the other time, you see him as uh, in the celebration, just take an entire cooler and just dump it on some kid or whatever. It's just like, why are you? Why are the coaches like dumping water on children? It's it's pretty weird. But I did do a deep dive on the actor. He was a character on Lost. Oh, my gosh. He was a helicopter pilot. Yeah. No, no, Correct. no. No, he's uh, he's Tom. Yeah. He's oh, like one oh of the... shit. You're right. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the others. And then the other, his That's other right. famous, his other famous movie is he was uh, the, uh, the Louisiana-like pilot. On Con Air. Oh my God, you're oh right my, again. This guy, I now this guy might be my new favorite actor. Yeah, dude. So he's on Lost Con Air too. Those are like those are his deep dives that I did last I mean, night. Mighty, I was like, Mighty Ducks is by far the the stain on that guy's career. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thought that that guy would have like gone on to have the most successful career? Say, I mean, maybe you could argue Joshua Jackson's or or Emilio Estevez, but I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm That's, going with the limo driver. I figure you guys would like the Lost and the uh, Con Air reference, so I knew he was familiar. That's incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Good work. Good work, Yozzy. Um, huh? Okay. Uh, I, I have a question on the oh. uh, limo driver, as far <laughs> as oh, oh, he's hired or he's you know hired obviously by Ducksworth. So when Bombay gets fired, does, <laughs> does the limo driver just quit and decide to stay on as assistant coach? 
yeah, or I had, possibly I had, film. Because he's I, at one point he just has a massive camera and he's just filming the game. So like, is he <laughs> now under the employ of Bombay? Or you know, I, I, I that that's an unanswerable for me. I had that exact same question. Is yeah, is he not an employer of Ducksworth Law Firm? Uh, but I don't know. I guess maybe a pedophile's got a pedophile. Is the answer to that? I gave my sixth man award to the Mighty Ducks jerseys. Uh, you know, they came in about halfway through the film, and these jerseys are just straight fire. Uh, probably some of my favorite jerseys in sports film uh, history. They're just awesome. I for the for the listening viewers at home, I'm rocking my Charlie Conway uh, t-shirt jersey right now. Um, yeah, these jerseys are incredible, and that's going to uh, include Bombay's Mighty Ducks Letterman jacket that he yeah. never takes off for the rest of the film. Yeah, uh, that that one's a little more of a tough look, so I will not include that. No, uh, I, like when, uh, I like when the kids were like, "Oh, the Ducks!" Like that's such a lame, like whatever. And then you look at the other teams; it's like the Hornets, the Cardinals, like whatever. There's like no like menacing, like mascot it's all just like uh i don't know like the ducks just kind of seem the same as like cardinals or hornets or whatever it's not like the other ones have cool names yeah it was funny that initially like the team is so opposed to that name they're like oh wussy ducks but like i think the the ducks is a fire team it's awesome yeah, I and and their their mascot dude on the jerseys looks sweet as well let's let's move on to the the Dean Portman Award, which obviously will be very relevant uh, here for this trilogy, uh, as Dean Portman is is in the Ducks films. Uh, so this award is for an actor who uh, was egregiously older or younger than the character they portrayed in this film. For this one, I went with uh, the extras on every opposing team, um, mostly like in the championship, but... Uh, again, we, we're pegging these kids at like maybe sixth graders. If if you look at like the hockey scenes, especially like in the championship or when the anytime the Ducks are playing, the extras are like clearly at least high school age. They're all like six foot, um, which like maybe that's meant to have them appear more menacing or whatever. But to me, it was a pretty dead giveaway that uh, those extras were not uh, middle schoolers. Yeah, I'll agree with you on the extras. Um for for all the same kind of reasons, I, I was gonna go with uh, what, what's the kid Fuller? Is that Fulton Reed, Slapshot kid? I was gonna yeah, I was Fulton. gonna give it to him because he obviously just looks way older. But then, uh, like I think you did mention, they say that he's maybe been held back a couple years, so <laughs> that that might that might play. So I, I I take that vote back. Probably doesn't have a legitimate birth certificate either. Uh, I I wrote down Fulton Reed, but I kind of like Tom's uh, opposing team better so i'll roll with that one all right those are good options and yeah fulton reed's definitely in the mix there i mean clearly he's like a foot taller than everyone else um and again has the ability to pick up three kids at once that are supposedly his same age so (laughs) pretty questionable uh all right this is gonna be a big one i think we're gonna spend some time on this the buddy garrity skewed priorities award um there's a lot of different directions we can go here. Uasis, um, uh, you want to lead us off? What are, what are your thoughts for this award? Um, I have a few, uh, but I'll just say one so everyone can kind of get their uh, uh, things chimed in. Uh, my first one's going to be Charlie Conway, uh, wingmanning for his mom, <laughs> like with 
a coach after about two practices is just like, yes, this is the this is the guy I want to be my new father. Pretty much, it's like this like coach or whatever. Like to me, that's seems kind of weird, and uh, not really sure where Charlie's coming from on that one. But uh, I'll go with Charlie Wingman uh, for his mom. We can also toss his mom in the mix on. Yeah, but I think we can toss the mom in the mix on on their date. She literally like they've been talking for like five minutes and is basically like throws the ultimatum down of like, if you can't commit to me for like the next 10 years, my son like literally <laughs> yeah. mentally cannot handle this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's a pretty heavy, uh, that's a, that's pretty a, heavy that's, thing to toss on like a guy a, on a first date. Yeah. It's a pretty menacing, like hinge profile. It's just like, uh, yeah, has a 10 year old kid. And also you need to commit on first date one, number one for the next 10 years. <laughs> Or my son will have like a mental breakdown. Is like the way <laughs> yeah. she words it too. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, okay, like, come on, man, don't put that on Bombay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I completely agree. Conway uh, pimp, pimping his mom and his mom not doing any favors to help herself either. Um, yeah, that's that's in the mix. Um, uh, Mikey, what did you have? I mean, I've got I've got a few. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the the opposing team coach is, I think, your winner. But I'd like to give the honorable mentions uh, also to Ducksworth. Uh, the man makes a pretty drastic kind of turnaround in his priorities. Where at first he's like, oh, like Bombay, you've got to like learn like compassion and teamwork and all this kind of stuff, and then like very quickly just like takes all that back and is like, you fires a man over like that he won't like give up banks on his team um which i mean especially in a law firm he should know that's going to be a wrongful termination suit coming his way real quick yeah ducksworth is up there uh obviously coach riley is up there um i honestly my my award winner for this was like every adult in this film uh again we touched on ducksworth and riley um I mean, Banks's dad needs some consideration. He like, again, he's like cheering against his son's team and like that's very skewed. But the sneaky winner I'm awarding this to is Bombay. So throughout the course of this film, he I mean, as a lawyer, obviously, his priorities are completely out of whack. Then once he's coaching the team, his his pitch to try to get wins of uh take the fall act hurt get indignant is like a really tough look for peewee hockey um but even more so than once he like becomes a better coach his go-to move then is to like rip banks off his team that he's grown to know and love and and like get him on the ducks by a technicality and like disney somehow skews this as you know the right move and like oh, he's making it fair and stuff, but it's like really just like an incredibly petty move. And I don't know, like the fact that that's such a big hinge point of this plot is like Bombay's, you know, refusal to like let Banks stay on the team where all of his friends are on and like force him onto the Ducks is like pretty psychotic. Uh, and, and the way he like defends it is also equally psychotic where he's like, well, you know, my dad taught me about a team is something you earn. So that's why we're like stealing this kid. Cause he lives a street over from where he's supposed to. And it was just like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. He even does it in like a super smug way too. Like he does it and like goes over to the coach and like, kind of like taunts him with it. And he's like, well, like 
he's not gonna, like my son's not going to play anymore. It's like, well, it's still better for us. Like, no problem. And it's like, wow, you're really just kind of like screwing this kid's life over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's like a very weird message to be sending that like, that's like Bombay's sort of like version of how fair play should go is just like forcing this kid to join their team. Uh, well, I mean, pretty much like every, I don't, I don't think there's a single adult in this film who's not just like has psychotic priorities. I mean, maybe, maybe Hans again, depending on if he can beat the case. (laughs) Um, Anything else? I wonder if that actor is one of your 30 listeners just being like, Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, finally, they discovered the hidden plot. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, again, Riley, though, is I mean, he's he's way up there, too. Not only, again, is this guy's like life revolve around the fact that he's been coaching peewee hockey for like 30 years. But again, he's injuring, you know, former players of his uh, his team's chant is like win, run up the score at all costs. It's like, I mean, I know they're trying to make him out to be the villain, but it's a little bit over the head with it, if you will. Yeah, I don't know where this would be tossed in, but I, I think it needs to be mentioned of, was there, I don't know if there's a douchier look than the Letterman jacket with the collar popped that you can Oh man, that collar That's collar. so 90s. That's very 90s. Like that was just a, like you, you could not make someone look more like a tool, like where he just kind of looks over to uh, Bombay through the glass, like pops the collar and then like smiles at him as your coach in a peewee hockey league was, I mean, that was great. Yeah, the Caller Pop is a classic villain move. Uh, you know, we saw him do it. Shooter McGavin does it in Happy Gilmore. Uh, just all the greats, really. Um, let's hit on a sequel, prequel, and spinoffs. So, uh, obviously, this movie has uh, sequels. Um, but the purpose of this uh, category is to talk about potential uh, spinoffs or, or prequels we might want to see. Um the one I want to see, and at first I was just going to leave this category alone, but I want to see the following season. Uh, O'Reilly said, I don't know if it's O'Reilly or Riley, whatever. He said in the championship game, if the Hawks lost, yeah. he was cutting every player from the team. <laughs> so I want to see next season, the Hawks rebuilding project as he's <laughs> forced to pick up an entirely new squad and see the Hawks get rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, I would, I would like to follow that team for a season. Uh, did uh, I'd watch it. The, the other one that I had is I would, I would very much like to see, um, I would like to see Bombay's tryouts for the minor leagues as from what we can tell from the movie, he's not actually played hockey in 20 plus years. Um, He skates once during the movie um, and then he's going to go try out for a minor league team with people who you've got to assume are much more age appropriate to be professional athletes. And, you know, this might be the single worst tryout in sports history. (laughs) Yeah, I, I actually had that written down as a backup, uh, so I like that. Yozas, do you have any other uh, potential? Yeah, so, like, uh, tapping onto Mikey's, too, like, all we do is we see him skate a little bit, and then he just, like, lays on the ice. So, like, that's that's the extent of, like, oh, this guy might be a good hockey player. Um, the other thing, too, is just, like, uh, Hans has that, like, this is more serious, like, more serious or whatever, but Hans has that, like, that wall of all the articles and stuff like that 
Like, there's got to be storylines there. I don't really know much about them, but, like, or just the limo driver. Just see what he's up to, like, when he goes home. <laughs> like, who's his wife? Does he have kids? <laughs> okay. Um, I think I think we do a Bachelor-style dating of uh, uh, Conway's mom with Conway involved, um, where they've got to get his approval as well, and we kind of just get into, get into her love life a little bit more. I don't hate it. Thanks. I'd probably, I'd probably watch that. Got any, uh, got any working titles for it? No, I was trying to think about it, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you with something good. Something cake eater. <laughs> the, the, the puck stops here. Doesn't really have anything to do with dating, but it's a nice hockey pun. Shoot More than a game. Shoot the puck. <laughs> Look into score. Puck or fuck. You have to choose if you want. You have to choose between dating Conway's mom and a minor league hockey career. <laughs> <laughs> the Gordon Bombay story. <laughs> Hans is the ex that comes halfway through the season. Oh, easy, dude. Jeez. Like fucking slobbering over yourself with that one. Hans, Hans never chooses puck. <laughs> All right. Well, let, uh, let's move along. Uh, let's hit the post game presser. Uh, here is the category where we cover some lingering questions, uh, a few hot takes, and uh, this this uh, this season we will also include a mailbag. So we have one mailbag question that was submitted. Here comes a submission. Uh, this isn't a question, but it's a hot take from Chris in Downers Grove. Chris, Charlie Conway was super overrated. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Chris is espousing his uh, opinion that Conway was super overrated. Uh, this is actually an interesting discussion because. Um, is that from Purdue Pete? <laughs> it may be. It just <laughs> may. Be. Uh, but so, again, I'm a bigger fan of D2 and D3. And obviously, I think they make Conway a central figure in those, like mainly because like Joshua Jackson kind of became like the best actor and stuff. But it is funny if you go back, like Conway is not really made out to be like a good hockey player by any means. So he's, he's more like the, you know, so I would say in terms of as a hockey player, maybe he's overrated, but I think as just the glue guy of the team and, and the, the vocal leader, I got to still give it to my guy Conway. So, so I'm going to say slightly overrated hockey skills. What do you guys think? So I would say the same thing because, like, when they have that last goal, I'm like, who should shoot it? Like, the entire team, including Charlie, chooses, like, the other guy. And then, like, the other guy Gordon whose Bombay, name is Scott. Yeah, because uh, Gordon Bombay's trying to get it in with Charlie's mom. is just like, Charlie, <laughs> like, like, let's do that, what we practiced. And, like, let's, like, I'm choosing you. Like, I want you to be the star so we can come back and your mom can make a pot roast and we can kind of celebrate your, your big uh, – you know, victory or whatever, do that triple deke I've been showing you or whatever. But like the entire on, team, Charlie. the entire team, the entire team, including Charlie is just like, don't choose Charlie or whatever. So yeah, I would say that Charlie's overrated, but that's fair. 
obviously the yeah, sentiment was, changes a bit. In I love D2 that you said D2. that because that was exactly what I was thinking when they were doing that scene of just that's clearly Bombay just trying to get it in with his mom. And he's like, hey, this is going to make me total bonus points. Phenomenal. Good move by Bombay. Yeah, I mean, I respect it. I respect it. I mean, you know, uh, it worked on all fronts, and I, I think it's safe to say it, it worked afterwards as well. On that day, Bombay chose fuck, not puck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right, that was uh, the one and only uh, user-submitted mailbag question, but that's definitely a segment that will be gaining steam as we go. Um, <laughs> so our, our, our first and only mailbag question was just a statement. <laughs> Look, I mean, what do you want me to do, fake a voice and submit another question? I mean, <laughs> fuck, I reached out to like 10 oh, people. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, Yozas' is quote unquote girlfriend was supposed to submit <laughs> one. And we got nothing from that. So, you know, I think we, that tells us all we need to know about that one. <laughs> she, um, chose, she chose Puck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. All right. Uh, she chose trying out for a minor league hockey team career <laughs> as opposed to being with you. That's a smart move. I respect it. This will be awkward when you send her the uh, when you send her the link to listen to this pod. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's here's a hot take I had, or this is a question really. Uh, Yozas brought up the the flying V. Um, would the flying V work? So it's it's obviously like an iconic move. You know, we had this same discussion with the Happy Gilmore swing and in Happy Gilmore. What are your guys' thoughts? Do you think the flying V is actually going to work in a hockey setting? Whether I mean, obviously, professional is one thing, but you think this move would work in the in the peewees? I think in this league it would, as we've seen, like pretty much if you throw anything that just isn't a straight shot to people, and sometimes even just a straight shot, people are just diving out of the way, leaving the goal completely unattended. So yeah, I think I think it could work. It's a fair take. Yozas, for the uh, people who aren't viewing this, uh, maybe something other than just like a casual head nod. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's like a Disney movie, like a, like a pirouette ballerina or like a figure skating, figure skater, like scored a goal. So, yeah, sure. I mean, it's iconic, but like the pros aren't doing this. So it's clearly not like a true like uh, hockey movie or whatever. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's. It's the most iconic thing that comes from these movies is like ducks fly together in the flying V formation is like probably the two takeaways from the entire trilogy. I, I, I had two others to hit on quickly, and these are uh, basically uh, some deep dives into casting potential. Um, believe it or not, uh, the other candidates for the Charlie Conway role uh, initially it was offered to Jake Gyllenhaal, but he had a scheduling conflict, so he couldn't do it. Uh, and supposedly there was rumors out there that Leo was attached to this role. So my question is, who's your top pick to play Charlie Conway out of, out of Jake, the snake, Hall, Leo, and, uh, Joshua Jackson. I actually, I actually would choose Leo as last. He just doesn't give off that like kind of athlete vibe to me. Like he doesn't really take athlete roles. Like maybe you guys know, but has he ever done like a, like a sports movie? I mean, he did the basketball diaries, which was like 
he was a basketball. I think that was like a high school basketball movie. And he was, I think he was like a drug addict in that, but uh, he was okay in that movie. I mean, that would just be incredible to see Leo in that role. And also then that probably would have like changed the course of his acting career. But uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I like Joshua Jackson in this role. Don't get me wrong. I just thought those were two pretty heavy hitter names. Mikey, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm going to agree with Yozas. I think Leo is actually probably my least favorite for the pick. He, he, he like you, you need you need Conway to be like a little bit of kind of like a loser, you know, in the beginning of the movie and stuff. And I don't think Leo pulls that off. He's just going to look to, you know, maybe it's just I'm thinking of like Leo now is just like, you know, playboy actor and stuff like that, where I don't know, I think you need someone who's just going to be a little bit more down in the dumps. And I don't know if Leo's got it. Yeah, like the uh, like just like all these movies, like the general trope, like the Sandlot kids are like kind of like the ragtag kids, kind of kind of the dorks of the neighborhood. Like even when they play the the uh, whatever the other team is they're like the rich kids like right. little giant little giants are just the little ragtag guys like My- mighty ducks is too and leo just kind of gives off like uh he doesn't really give off that like inferiority vibe so i, d- I don't actually see it what about leo in the if anything leo could play banks right that's what i was gonna say yeah, yeah. that would be interesting um okay second part related supposedly these actors were all tied to uh, the Gordon Bombay uh, role. Uh, I don't know if they were all like officially offered it, but uh, the following: we've got Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, <laughs> Bill Murray, Michael J. Fox, and this one actually did get offered it. Charlie Sheen, uh, who's Emilio Estevez's brother. Um, there's some crazy potential there. Of that list, if you could. Pick one to replace uh, Emilio Estevez. Who's who's who do you want to see as Bombay? I think you go Charlie Sheen because I think he would really just dial up the kind of the crazy factor. You know, we could extend his like whole alcohol DUI thing and get pretty wild with that scene. Um, and, and and I just think that would be amazing to just see him trying to like play like an inspirational like coach like later on so yeah i'm thinking you go in charlie sheen yozas i would i would i was gonna say charlie sheen as well what were the other ones i could try to take another take another tom cruise tom hanks bill murray michael j fox I i would say maybe michael j fox like bill murray's too old i feel like to be like being this hotshot lawyer and then getting a dui and having to do this like uh tom hanks is just seems a little bit too serious like gordon bombay gives off that sort of like kind of like childish type i don't know he's just yeah he just no, seems like he, he's able to connect with kids a little bit more like michael j fox i feel like and maybe i'm just thinking of him and like uh that's the future and all that stuff but like i feel like him and charlie sheen and emilio estevez are probably pretty good choices about yeah. as good as you can do i feel like tom cruise just seems too intense Tom Cruise would be interesting, I think. I don't know if Cruise would have good chemistry with the kids. I think he might not connect because, yeah. I think somehow he would try to sub himself in, maybe, to, like, take the last shot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Isn't he, like, four feet tall? He's short enough. He could play one of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very interesting, though. Um, This is kind of a lingering question, too, is just, like, so do the other leagues matter less? Like if they're now in seventh grade, 
do those leagues matter less kind of because they go into D2 and D3 and obviously those storylines get a little bit more like hyperbolic with some of that stuff. But like, right. It just seems like this one matters like a ton, but like the way they set it up is just like, if the, if it does well, like you can probably just like sub and replace and just kind of keep going with all this stuff. And it's pretty easy. Like it's not crazy. Yeah. That is a good point is like whatever age they're in, you know, whatever level of peewee they're in is that like, for some reason, the most important age. And then like after it, it's like less important or whatever. Very good question. It's, it's questionable in terms of like, the whole thing with their league or how hard it is, or the fact that there's like 10 teams in the entire state are all kind of questionable things. Um, shoot. What was I just going to say? Cause the uh, other, the other movies like that don't really do like a season two and season three, like little giants doesn't big green does not. Um, Sandlot does, but like we don't really, Sandlot two doesn't really exist. Kind of like, yeah, it doesn't like, exist in my mind. It's basically like, uh, like one season only. So it's interesting that mighty ducks went, two and three too. Yeah. I do wonder if they were already slotted for the sequels or if they had that in mind or if like the film did well and they're like, Oh, let's bring it back. Um, that would be good to look at. The other thing I'll say in terms of like smart moves is, I mean the, the winner from this freaking film is uh, Disney for literally the Anaheim mighty ducks. Yeah. The expansion franchise is legitimately named after this movie, which like, it's not like, Oh, like they, you know, have this team and then they're like, Oh, it's like make a movie like called the ducks. No, like literally <laughs> this movie was made. And like five years later, the franchise was created. Is that and true? It, like, it's, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's named from this movie. And cause I think Disney is like the owner of the Anaheim mighty ducks. So I mean, power play by them. I think that that has to be the only example of, uh, uh, sports franchise being named after a movie although maybe is i think the toronto raptor i mean not that it's named after like jurassic park but i know that's like a reference that's, to it i think it's it's from dread it's like the homages to the raptors right like, i know that for a fact yeah yeah but uh i mean fucking power play by disney being like oh yeah we just made this movie now we're just gonna name a sports team that we buy after it <laughs> um all right. Anything else? So I guess we'll we'll wrap up and lead into uh, episode two. We'll be coming back. As we said, we've got the trilogy here. Um, we are going to lead right into D2 as our next episode. So get excited as we start to do D2 and D3. We'll we'll weave together the plot lines a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit about the trilogy as a cohesive whole. And again, it's kind of interesting the the progression of this team from movies one, two, and three. We'll we'll definitely get into that a lot more. Um, but until then, thanks for listening to our Mighty Ducks episode. Uh, like, subscribe, share, and uh, be looking for episode two coming out very soon. For Mike Uasis and myself, I am Tom Runger saying, kids, quack, quack, quack. Thanks for listening, folks.